Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter, beginning at the 68th verse. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and he has remembered his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you'll go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. Everything can change in a moment. Today, we celebrate the surprise that Christ is our King who interrupts our lives in the best way possible. There have been many moments in my life where I had planned out my life to a T, was master of my own domain, but as the plan went on, it began to seem more like a rut I couldn't get out of when all of a sudden the unexpected happened and Jesus entered in a place in life that I had ruled God out. Today, I want to tell you the story about a woman named Carol. And and when I first learned about our unexpected king who met us in the manger. The verses right after our gospel reading may be quite familiar, and they provide the setting. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Luke chapter 2. Words of the King James familiar from Christmas traditions, pageants, and Charles Schultz's A Charlie Brown Christmas. Nostalgia can tinge those words with with warm feelings. As a child, they announced to me it was almost time for presents. But to a first century Jew, they reminded them of a stark reality. We live in occupied territory. Caesar is king, and Roman might reigns unchallenged. It is in this darkness, even in the shadow of death, that they went about their familiar routines. Their routines were as different and similar to us as their times. Sometimes the world of the Bible can seem distant to us, and in many ways it is. 
But I believe there is a reason why busy New Yorkers like you take time out of their week for hearing a 2,000-year-old text. Today, we have a story about a mom and a dad starting a family when they feel less than adequate to the task. It's a story about intermarital strife, a husband who disbelieves the ability of his wife, and in the background of their struggle, he hears of young Mary who isn't even married and is having a child. She's much too young to be raising a child, but for himself as an old man, he must have been thinking about all those moments he'd miss out of as a dad. The gospel according to St. Luke is a gospel for our time and place. And in the midst of all the chaos, it's a good word that I know I'm desperately in need of hearing. The despairs, anxieties, and troubles of Zechariah's own time echo our own. The hope and joy and faith they met are in the same God we encounter here today. And the gospel encounter overturns the bad news that threatens to dominate our lives. When climate change, Russian expansionism, an alarmingly dropping birth rate, and division and democratic process threaten to undo us. It is counterintuitive turning to a first century poem for help. We need a revolution, some say. Zechariah saw the solution in the birth of a son to his barren wife Elizabeth and the pregnancy of his young relative Mary. It was the unexpected encounter with this baby that would forever change his life. I remember my own very first encounter with this story. It was in Sunday school pageants. I hear our kids right now are busy downstairs preparing their own. Back in my rural church, a farmer's wife named Carol helped us get ready for the big day. She told us how meeting this baby named Jesus changed her life forever. Even though his mother Mary wasn't ready to have a family, God promised her that the Holy Spirit would be with them. God promised her that this baby she had, she hadn't planned for, would change everything. Carol was a great storyteller and helped us put on a great pageant every year. Though looking back, it wasn't the beautiful angels, sagely wise men with fake beards, or Lord knows how well-behaved shepherds that amazes me. No, what causes me to wonder is how Carol let the story of the unexpected arrival change her life. Her love of Jesus permeated every aspect of her life. I remember growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And keeping three growing boys in clothes that fit must have been a challenge. So I'll never forget how Carol would sneak me bags of handy-down clothes from her boys who went to a different school district. So I didn't have to be self-conscious about wearing my older brother's clothes. Carol is also well known for her parties. On chilly fall days, our youth group would play capture the flag in their woods and be met with hot chocolates upon our return. 
and in the midst of our long and cold winters, I recall her famous Christmas parties. Stepping in from the brisk chill of sub-zero weather across the threshold into this inexpressibly warm house full of festive joy. There's always a plethora of people that is full. And I smile thinking back how there are probably people there that Carol didn't expect. But she just brought out more food. I know Carol also didn't expect to get cancer. We didn't expect her to beat it, but I remember the thrill on her face ringing that last treatment bell. Jesus got me through it, she'd say. But when it came back for the fifth time, things were different. My mom called me on the phone after the last time they Christmas caroled for her. No party that year. In the very last letter I wrote her, I quoted the letter to the Hebrews we read today. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Carol, she always greeted the unexpected with the love of a faith in the unexpected arrival of Jesus. I marveled at how many angels Carol must have entertained through the years. She always met the stranger, the poor, or that neglected kid sitting by themselves in youth group with the love of a mother. The same love Carol felt from her Savior, Jesus. And she showed it to all, even when the unexpected changed her life forever. Stepping back, thinking about our text even though today's text is the word of man, it centers on the faith of two women who God would not forget. Elizabeth was old and barren, and Mary was young and unmarried. Some scholars say as young as 14. Not the revolutionaries you'd expect to tackle the problems of their day, at least not a biography of their era. Yet, These are the two women Luke highlights prior to the birth of Jesus. Nobody expected a woman, let alone her seemingly illegitimate son, to make one iota of difference. The Davidic line of kings had been thoroughly destroyed in 586 BC with the slaughter of Zedekiah's entire household by the emperor Nebuchadnezzar. They had since returned from exile, but Nobody dreamt of reviving that ancient line of kings. Yet, unknowingly, another emperor, Augustus, would force the return to that small town of Bethlehem, where David had once been born so long ago. It may be that Zechariah was the only man who recognized what God was doing through these unexpected women. It's hard to know what Zechariah knew. Nobody was there to verify, to share his viral song on social media. Though the way Luke tells the story, I always find myself thinking about how much did he know? Did Zechariah see the life of this boy laid out before him in one omniscient moment? 
Or was he overtaken in some spirited autodidactic speech, unconscious of the words flowing out of his mouth? Or perhaps they were the hopeful words of a hard-won faith, words that rang more true than he knew. He had just been mute, unable to talk, for the whole nine months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. While serving alone in the temple, if you recall, Zechariah encountered an angel. But he couldn't believe that God would work something new, especially through his old wife and teenage niece, Mary. Many of my female friends like to make jokes about if God made every man silent who disbelieved a woman, yet jokes aside, I think that there is something in Zechariah that must have changed over those nine months. As little John the Baptist was being formed in the womb, his father's faith was changing too. It was a faith that reversed the usual order of things. The mighty savior wouldn't be a revolutionary, a Judas Maccabeus, or political messiah. The Christ we call king was a baby born to parents who couldn't afford him. No room in the inn laid in a manger. The holy prophets of old spoke of being rescued from our enemies, but this rescue would look like a crucifixion and a grave that could not hold him. Zachariah's old faith was guilty of living into his routines of thinking along the same old patterns. He had thought, the solution to the emperor in Rome is emperor of our own. Yet in those months of silence, Zechariah learned that God was doing a new thing. A new thing, and out of that silence, an angel had spoken to him. In the midst of a life resigned to being forgotten, God remembered God remembered his holy covenant, the oath he gave to our ancestor Abraham. God remembered it by first remembering two forgotten women. In seeing this, Zechariah saw the dawning of a new faith that broke his old categories. The faith formed in the dark night of his soul saw the light of grace breaking in where nobody else did. Where in your lives have you resigned yourself to the old patterns and familiar routines? Where have you settled into believing that this is the way things are and this is the way God acts? What categories have solidified into idols? Where have you said, this, this is off limits to God? I know I do it all the time. It's so much safer. It feels good knowing that there are constants that won't change, even if those constants are bad or unhealthy. The good news, though, is that Jesus is the unexpected variable. Jesus is a surprise that messed up Zachariah's life in the best way possible. In the pageant of my youth, Carol taught me to embrace the unexpected arrival of Jesus. 
May you too embrace that baby who will change your world. May the embrace of Christ transform even the darkest and coldest nights into experiences of unimagined warmth and grace. Amen.